Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Space family, welcome back to another episode. Hey, hey, hey. Brie, are we doing another state episode today? Absolutely. What state are we doing this time? We're going to talk all about the close encounters of the Wyoming kind. Ooh, I really like that. Is that an episode name in the making right there? Absolutely. I like that a lot. <laughs> We're talking about Devil's Tower, mm-hmm. Warren Air Force Base. Absolutely. And just all sorts of kind of shenanigans that Wyoming has going on. I don't know about you, but every time I looked into a case, like eight other ones popped up and I was like, oh my God, Wyoming, where have you been my whole life? I know. Why haven't we trucked it over there? So there's a specific reason why I picked Wyoming and I did not tell Bree why. I actually didn't even know too much about Wyoming and aliens until I decided to look into it. But this is going to shock you, but also not shock you at the same time. I decided to pick Wyoming because Kanye West and Kim Kardashian just bought 500 acres out there. Right. So I was like, listen, 500 acres, could they possibly be deciding to start a cult? And I'm like, if they do, yeah. Also, I want to go. That sounds great. But then I was like, ooh, but can I still look for aliens? And then I like looked into it and I was like, ooh, Wyoming is spicy, guys. Wyoming has like a lot happening here. So maybe Kim and Kanye are on some shit that like we don't know about yet. But that is my motivation, which I know you would dislike, which is why I didn't tell you why I picked Wyoming. Like, no. Until we got here. When the research has already been done and it's too late to change it. Wow. So this this episode, for me at least, is dedicated to Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye West's new ranch out there. I don't know what he's going to call it, but uh, if you start a cult, please, I'm the first one to sign up. What would his cult even be? like? I feel like it would have a lot to do with Gospels Jesus. The Gospels of Yay. Yeah, a lot to do with Jesus. I don't even know, man. The hills of Jesus? Well, no, he has, well, the Yee Mountains are out there. Jesus' hills of eyes? Maybe. Jesus' eyes are in the hills? I don't know. I really want to go there and visit now. I mean, also because there's all this cool alien stuff, but like, also I want to take a picture it's at the Gators Ranch. It's a sweat factory or something. That's fine. I don't mind. There are millions of children out there just taking sweaters from Walmart and ripping it. And then calling it easy. Oh, and then reselling it? Ooh, I kind of like that. Can I supervise? <laughs> you, child, horrible job. Out of here. Out of here. Off with the head. All right. <laughs> to get back on track. Aliens. So other than Kanye West, you found out that Wyoming is pretty legit. It's kind of in our area. Yeah, it's like a beyond hot spot. Like, you want to talk about portals on portals on portals? This place is just a weird mix of just weird shit happening. And I have a feeling it's a lot like these desert places that are out there. It's like these quiet, empty spaces where all this weird shit happens. And Wyoming is definitely a big, giant, empty space. But it's just beautiful. It's not as much desert, though. There's so much lush green and mountains. When you said Wyoming, the only thing that popped into my head was the Devil's Tower because of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, sure. I didn't really think of any other majorly important cases other than, well, when I think of that movie, of course, that's where the UFO is going to land. Well, speaking of Devil's Tower, why don't we dive in there first? Because it seems like a great jumping off point. You know, what did you learn about the Devil's Tower? Something I thought was really cool is that it was actually a mistranslation and it didn't mean the Devil's Tower 
it means Bear Lodge. Mm-hmm. And so I heard they were kind of in the works of trying to get it switched over because obviously you think Devil's Tower, like something bad, but really it's a sacred place to a lot of tribes. See, and I heard the same thing. I dug a little bit into like the myth of how this, you know, Devil's Tower was created. And it seems that, you know, way back in the day, there was this tribe called the Kiowa tribe. And of course, I'm probably butchering that, guys, that they were moving south for the winter and they were camping by a stream that had a bunch of bears by it. And one day, seven young girls were playing by the river when a group of bears began to chase them. The girls jumped up onto a rock in fear and pled to the gods to help them. And the gods, of course, like, looked down and they were like, I'll help you, poor girls. And they rose the rock up towards the sky and the bear started to, like, claw and claw and claw and climbing and climbing. And the tower just kept getting taller and taller and taller until the sisters went up to the sky, which is what they call the Pleiadian sisters now. Yes. And it's interesting because the Devil's Tower or Bear Lodge, it's home to over a dozen different native tribes. Mm -hmm. They all have a different story of that story. So there's multiple different versions that I've read into. But one thing that is common is that it was formed by a bear, a bear chasing someone, whether it was children or even just grown adults. And they've asked for help and the ground rose up and the claw marks is what gives it those ridges all around the tower. Some of them don't involve making it into the Pleiades, the clusters, but almost every single other version does, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. And I'm sure, you know, stories get passed down and things change, but I just thought it was pretty cool that over a dozen different tribes basically have almost the same story. Well, that's very reminiscent of me, too, and this is going to take us slightly off track for a second, but it's very reminiscent of, like, religions. How at the end Mm. of the day, all of their stories are realistically the same thing, just told in different ways. Like, they all have the same elements to them. Like, you want to talk about the Great Flood. Like, all these different cultures have it, but every culture claims it to be their own, and it happened like a very specific way to them. But at the end of the day, it was a flood, and all those other facts are just kind of like things you tack on to it. So then at the end of the day, there was a giant bear in the ground rows? Yeah, for sure. His way up. For sure. I mean, if if you want to talk about if you think the Bible's real, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was cool, and I really love how Native tribes always have these roots of star people, and I thought that was a really cool mixture of the ground and the heavens becoming one and interacting with each other. I liked all of the stories. I thought it was pretty cool. So can you give us some examples of some weird things that happen at Devil's Tower? There's lots of different phenomena that has been captured at the Devil's Tower. People have captured pictures of orbs, of hearing voices, of just random lights appearing and disappearing. And of course, I think For me personally, like I said in the beginning, I think of Close Encounters of the Third Kind because when you see that tower, something about it is magical. There's flat ground and all of a sudden there's this giant tower. If I were aliens, that's where I would be going. It's just majestic looking. So I wonder if it's just the past with all the native tribes that kind of has, you know, lingering backgrounds of different maybe portals being created and past and present time getting mixed in. But it definitely seems to attract a lot of different paranormal 
paranormal activity. I feel like we're going to claim a little bit of alien of the gap theory here. Oh, because because it's a weird phenomenon. We don't quite have an explanation for what goes on there. And so we just say aliens. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I enjoy alien of the gap theory. It's literally what this podcast is based on. But that is a little bit what is happening here in my mind. I think it's just majestic looking. I want to go. I want to climb it. I watched this pretty cool thing on this guy that takes people up like thousands of people up there. He said it wasn't really hard. Oh, okay, let's go. My friend Megan climbed it. Oh, let's go. Yeah, I'm like, well, if anybody could do it, I mean, maybe not right now with this hand, maybe when it heals, but I'm so down. like me with my asthma, we'll have to take breaks every oh my five God. minutes. Do you remember like, when? <laughs> did, can you build an elevator, please, sir? <laughs> I think it's pretty cool also that in June, common folk like us cannot go there. It's pretty much blocked off because it's that solstice time and it's really important to tons of different tribes. And I think it's cool that they have help from other, you know, park ranger, park officials to help them keep it separated since this is such a sacred place for so many different tribes and people like you and me want to just go because we think, ooh, like aliens might be here. So it's kind of, I think, important that they still give them at least that time of the year to have it for themselves. Well, speaking of, you know, strange occurrences happening at a significant site, I kind of want to get into some weird sounds that happen in Wyoming. Doesn't have too much to do with aliens, but it is paranormal. But it is, well, and why I like it is because it's more than one location and although I'm not going to throw the alien of the gap theory out here. It just seems interesting that Wyoming has so many weird sounds. So the first one would be the Cheyenne and Laramie. There are two towns that are right next door to each other. And, you know, for decades, people have been saying that they've been hearing weird siren sounds going on there. But in 2015 is when, like, it really got a lot of exposure. And they were having these weird siren sounds that kind of sounded like the gates of heaven were opening up. I don't know if you remember these, like, news stories that you saw on the news. And I guess, like, they went in and they do have tornadoes and stuff there and they went and checked the systems and none of the systems had went off and they just really didn't have an excuse and it was filmed on like multiple occasions over like months that these sirens were going off and they never had an answer to them. I think that whole phenomena of strange noises like that coming to the sky is incredibly interesting. I know there's been thousands of people catching it on film all over the world. It's interesting that there is one place where it happens more often than everywhere else. I mean, I would love to hear those crazy sounds. They give you chills when you watch the videos and you listen to them. Oh, absolutely. Then we also have the Yellowstone Whispers, which are in Wyoming, which they tend to happen early morning around the winter time, usually when it's like really clear and there's no wind. And there's this like humming, almost like organ music sounds that happens specifically near the Yellowstone and Shoshane Lakes. And the thing what I find interesting about it is it's not like a new phenomenon. Like even these kind of whispers and music sound that comes out of there, the Native Americans have been talking about since they roamed the lands, you know? So it's, again, this weird thing that happens in this area that can be traced back to the Native Americans even experiencing it. So that's a little interesting. And then last but not least, we have the Whistling Dixie Sand Dunes, which, although these technically have been, like, quote-unquote solved by science and what the sounds are... I I am more prone to believe their answer, but... No, and I'm not, I'm not against it, but I am always wary when, you know, it's, like, an official answer for something. I'm always kind of like... 
sure how official is it, but they have these sand dunes. It's like this weird area and it's, you know, normal grass and trees. And then all of a sudden these weird sand dunes that are just out, coming out. Looking like the Sahara. Yeah. And they sing and they sound like whistling sings. And this specific location is actually one of seven in the entire world that have these specific kind of dunes that make this sound. And their explanation is something about the way the sand grains are, are so smooth that when the wind blows or when you step on them, it makes a weird sound. It's like energy being trapped underneath the first layer of sand. It's like a hot and cold thing. And did you watch the video where they're sliding down? Okay, so then they went to test it. And so they're basically saying that trapped energy sound waves are stuck underneath. And so when there's enough movement from the sand is when all the energy pockets are being released. And so you're hearing the hums. So people, you know, scientists, they like jump on top of the hills and they all start trying to make all this noise going down. And then eventually they do trigger the hum. And mm-hmm. so that's how they came up to this conclusion. Either way, I just find it interesting that Wyoming is very empty, but we keep hearing all these weird sounds like a big ass echo. Yeah, it's one thing to say about the sand dunes, but what's up with Yellowstone and that town? I mean, that really, there's no explanation for those two things. Absolutely. Let's get into our first real alien case of Wyoming. Okay, this first one I want to talk about is one that is not so much in the news media spotlight, and I think that it really deserves to be. And I'm mad that it wasn't investigated further, (laughs) because I feel like there's so much juicy goodness to this, and I'm just baffled by their stupid answer of what they think it is. Per usual. So, have you ever heard of the Warland, Wyoming UFO sighting? No. So it's in 1960. So this is, you were talking times of Project Blue Book, which this is a Project Blue Book case. Technically, there is a file on it, which is where I got a little bit of information about it. But of course, not enough. So this happened at the Warland Municipal Airport. So there were three witnesses who all remain anonymous and blacked out from any of the paperwork. One of them was a 27-year-old school teacher. One was a 22-year-old station agent for Frontier Airlines. And the other one was a 38-year-old flight service specialist. On October 15th, my- birthday. <laughs> one of these people, they, it doesn't obviously tell us exactly which which one it was. Like, it doesn't tell me. They blacked out the name, so I don't know who's who here. But one of the people who witnessed this were delivering mail to the municipal airport at about 6.30 p.m. The time is important. And while they were driving in, they noticed like this weird thing in the sky. And the closer and closer they get, he kind of gets out of his car and he starts to notice, like, what the hell is that in the sky? He sees like this weird arrow-shaped kind of craft that had like translucent red on the bottom and then pale yellow on the top. And the way it was like in the sky was like the tip of the arrow was pointing downwards. Hmm. And there were times where it looked like maybe there was like an exhaust or a trail coming out of like the top part of the craft, like almost where the the bow of the arrow would be if it was like an an actual arrow. But it wasn't like all the time. It was like very infrequently. Like all of a sudden they'd see like a little something coming out of the back and then dissipate. And then like a few minutes later, this whole sighting took place from about four to six minutes long. So this one one person who drove in to deliver mail ended up alerting the other two witnesses who were the witnesses that were stated. Now, although all of the names are scratched out inside of here, there was one part in the document where the names are not scratched out, and I think that they accidentally didn't cross everybody out. Mm-hmm. Because during... Like, they're going over a part of it where it's like, what exactly happened? How did they see it? Whose attention was it brought to kind of deal? And it says this unnamed person brought it to the attention of two people specifically named Mr. Jarvis and Mr. Wortham, which if we only have three witnesses and you blocked out and you blacked out everybody's names, why would you not black out this Mr. Jarvis and Mr. Wortham? The only thing I can think of is those are, those are the two people who were there. So I still don't know who is who in this case. I don't know who the teacher is. To my assumption, when I'm seeing 
thinking in my head is I'm kind of thinking that the teacher was delivering mail, and then these two people who worked at the airport were working there, and so he reported it to them. You know what I mean? But we don't know because all of these names are blacked out. But I find it interesting that they forgot to mention those two things. So he brings it to the attention of the other two, and they're like looking at it through binoculars. They're trying to figure it out. They're like seeing it kind of closer up with the binoculars. They can clearly see that it's very translucent and red at the bottom. They can see the pale yellow. Again, 6:30 p.m. So they specifically said it was like an evening twilight, right? So you think 6:30? We're talking October time, which means it's fall, which means the sun goes down earlier than you think. It's the evening twilight. The sun is setting. You're not getting like direct sunlight. Well, the military said that oh, it was just a normal plane, and the sunlight reflecting off of it made it look like something it wasn't. <laughs> Here's where I find issue. Two of these people worked at this municipal airport. Why in the world would they see something that was an airplane that was being illuminated by the sun and not know what the fuck that is? Like you would think if you're at an airport and you, you worked there and you see planes all the time and you're there at that time of night, you would know, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, that happened. yeah, it's nothing. That's an airplane, right? Obviously there was some sort of an issue where the two people who worked there were both like, yo, no airplane. that's not an airplane. So what angers me the most about this case is that when it was originally put on Project Blue Book's case, they were like, yeah, let's investigate it. Here's the exact questions I want you to ask. Here's the information I want you to find out. And you know, one of two things either happened, either they never investigated it and just stamped it, you know, with whatever bullshit excuse they have, or they did investigate it and then just didn't release any of that fucking information. Mm, there's nothing else on there about it? No. But here's where it gets even fucking weirder. In that same file, because the way certain documents I look at online are put into a file by exactly which case they are, what the end of this file happens to be a bunch of different pieces of paper and information about other UFO sightings and crashes during this exact same time frame all over the world. And I don't mean like one or two of them. I'm talking 50 to 60 different cases that they were pulling up in reference to what was going on. So first of all, if you are looking at this case and you've decided that, oh, it's probably just an aircraft, why have you gone out of your way to pull a bunch of information about sightings that also happened during this time? Not only that, but then to have them like categorized by like where it happened, what time, what kind of person, military, non-military, whatever, the, what happened, the explanation we're giving out. I mean, it's so weird that you go into this and it looks like they basically glanced over it, stamped it, called it a day. But who pulled all these records of stuff that was going on around the world during October in 1960? Were they all the same looking crafts or these are just different events? They just wanted to see... Just different events all over the world that happened specifically in October 1960. I wonder why. It's interesting, right? Like, if you think it was an aircraft, why are you spending extra time digging around all this stuff to be like, like, what are you comparing it to? To me, it sounds like you're trying to place it as a fucking UFO. Yeah, most likely. You know what I mean? And it seems like just very covered up to me and it upsets me because, like I said, they either investigated it and then covered it up or didn't investigate it. Either way, I want to know that fucking information. I want to know who fucking Mr. Jarvis and Mr. Wortham are, you know? I want to talk to them. I want to ask them, hey, did they ever come back and interview you again? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck happened? Most likely was not a fucking airplane. I'm going to call, I, I'm going to have to, if we're going to factor sci-fi, I'm going to have to fucking fact this one. And I think that was a fucking UFO. And I think the government's full of shit. I think maybe the government was just sick of UFO sightings. They're like, eh, another sighting. Who cares? But this isn't the, the height of Project Blue Book, though. Yeah, but you know, Project Blue Book, a lot of it was just to cover stuff up. That's very true. Make people feel heard. It's very and then true. that's the end. So what do you think? Does Sadly. This, does this sound like something more than just an airplane to you? Um, I'm going to say no because they work at the airport. If these were people that are just hanging out outside 
maybe, but it's like saying in Roswell that the 509th bomb group didn't know what they were looking at when those are the people that would have known what the fuck they were looking at. Yeah. So that to me sounds like the same excuse. All right. So I think we're both going to fact this one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I like it. I have like a vision in my head of what it looks like. I wish someone drew a picture. So it's funny that you mentioned that because inside of this Project Blue Book case file, there's a few pages that are like, seemed like they were copied too many times and not printed with enough toner where like it's kind of like you of know, course yeah right? they all looked like that so the more and more i zoom into it there's one page on the very bottom and it specifically says was there any physical evidence answer yes and it said several drawings from witnesses of what the craft looked like but guess what they're not there they're not there Bummer. there's even there's like little nuggets inside of here like i said i kept digging and i was like oh what's this oh look i zoomed in closer and found out more information it was just so interesting to me that this was clearly a very good case for them to investigate and then they did nothing about it. How easy would it have been for them to go back, set up a camera, and like have the whole thing happen over again if it's just an airplane? It's just too much work for them, I'm telling you. It's just ridiculous to me. It's like, eh, another one. Another one. All right, Brie, give me another juicy UFO case. Before we do, I wanted to point out to you, I don't know if you remember months ago now, you showed me a UFO video and I think you saw it on Reddit and it was one of those where you just like watch forever and it's just scenery, beautiful mountains and all of a sudden it's like, pew! Yes. And then they like rewound it and then frame by frame the best that they could. Yes. That was in Wyoming. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, where's the rest of the footage? What happened here? Just typical drone footages. We need to get a drone. I know we do. And night vision goggles. A drone with, with night, night vision, vision goggles. goggles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Can we patent that idea? Right? Oh my gosh. Genius. So a, a very intriguing UFO abduction case Ooh. is Carl Higdon. This was also in October, but this was October 25th. Ooh, you know what? This is not the only October case I have here. October really? seems to be like a hot spot for uh, Wyoming. Typical. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. October 25th, okay. 1974. All right. Give it to me. Carl Higdon was 41 at the time of this event of his. He went hunting for elk. He found himself going to Medicine Bow National Forest where he heard it was pretty dense with some pretty good elk. And he's out there by himself, deep into the forest, when he finds a group of elk. He picks up his gun, and as he fires, he notices that he can see the bullet leave the barrel like slow motion. He was quoted saying that it was floating like a butterfly. Like Matrix style? Yes, absolutely. Like Ooh. Matrix style. Okay. He's watching this bullet slowly come out and fall to the ground. And he notices that at the time, it's just dead silent. And he feels static energy. Tripped out, but okay, that was weird. Then he goes to pick up his bullet. And as he does that, he hears like some snapping twigs and it kind of like jolts him because it was so dead silent. He turns around and sees this humanoid creature. Ooh. I say creature because the details are in interesting. Okay. Let me just tell you how he describes this humanoid. Please, I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I want to know so bad. He describes what he sees as a six foot tall male, but not a human. So not sure how he came to the conclusion it was a male. Just male energy. Male, male energy, six foot tall. And this humanoid is wearing a all black skin tight bodysuit. He mm -hmm. said it was like 
scuba divers what they would wear. Like a wetsuit? Like a wetsuit. Mm. The entire thing, skin tight, but yet it has these chains. It's like a harness that's crisscrossing on the top. And on the belt was a six-pointed yellow star. So the first thing that came to my head was like a latex bodysuit. Yeah. And then with the harness thing, I was like, mm, that sounds a little S&M-ish to me. A little bit, yeah. Right? A little, a little kinky. And then the star sounds very pagan. There you go. Maybe that's what was going on. Maybe. But it gets a lot weirder. Okay. So he said that the human, the humanoid had no detectable ears mm. and hair like straw growing out of his head with very small eyes, no like, eyebrows. Like Bart Simpson hair? Ooh, but like no straw? Straw. You know what I mean? How he has like those rigid like right. up? I think like strings, thick, mm. coarse straw like hair mm. just sticking out of his head. Mm. Okay, no eyebrows with these tiny little eyes, a slit-like mouth with three large teeth showing out the front, like huge human teeth. Think of like three front teeth. Like bunny style? Just like sticking out. No chin or jawbone. So he said his head would basically be going into his neck, into his throat. On one arm, he has just a nub, no hand. And on the other arm, instead of a hand, is a drill-like device. This is like very in detail. Like he had a lot of time to yes. soak all this information in. And yeah, and he also says there were antenna-like objects coming out on both sides of his forehead. So I'm just, in my mind, I'm thinking like, what the hell are we looking at here? Yes. First of all, at first, it sounded like something you would find, like, in a sex dungeon. Yes, with the outfit. Yeah. Even, like, the head thing, if it was, like, a... A mask or like something? Like, a mask with, like, a kit. Maybe he oh, saw a gimp, cage. It's like a, kit, a gimp mask. Yes. Yeah. Because then you would get rid of the eyebrows. It would look like you had small eyes, a slit mouth, no ears. It would look oh, like you had no neck. Oh, no. We just... We just... Oh, man. Okay. fight it. Fuck. Keep going, though. Okay. <laughs> So Carl's about to freak out because then he realizes what the hand situation is going on. What if it was like one of his hands was like bound inside, right? Then the other one, it wasn't uh, a drill. It was a dildo. Ew. <laughs> and he's just like, this is the first time I've seen this. Wow, that's definitely possible. So listen, Carl's about to freak out. But before he gets a chance to, this creature humanoid fig- figure asks him, how are you doing? Wait, verbally? <laughs> verbally. Okay. He's like, how are you doing? Are you hungry? <laughs> What? And then the second he asked him this, this clear little package levitates to Carl. He grabs it, opens it inside. Reese's. There's four pills. Red pills or blue pills? Who knows? These are black pills. So basically, right, he's like, are you hungry? And then like, here's some pills. These will last you four days each. You should eat one now. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This is basically, wait. basically, this is appetite suppressant. Okay, yeah, so, so that's what I mean. So a one pill, would, he wouldn't be hungry for four days. For four days. Okay. So the vibes I'm getting is he stops him from shooting an elk, and then he's like, don't kill the animal. Here's, like, some appetite suppressants. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Carl doesn't even think about it. He pops one of them in his mouth. He's like, oh, cool. And wait, then pause. If an alien <laughs> came up to you, what's a drug? What's <laughs> Weird drugs. Would you take them? I mean, I don't know. It sounds almost like he just did it before he even he like could thought even about like, it. Re- like react. Personally, I think I would take weird space drugs. I'd be like, all right, fuck it. I mean, I'm already seeing. We're already alien. seeing this yeah. weird ass yeah. situation going on. Like, Can't, I don't know what you're gonna do with the drill. Can't get no so more that much worse. That's yeah. why I would get. Yeah, like okay, if a drill situation was gonna happen. I'd rather be, you know, out of it. S- like sleepy, sleepy nap, nap time. Exactly. So then he realizes that behind him is this huge trans 
transparent cube. We've like heard a lot seven, about the cube, the cube UFOs. Seven foot tall, like five feet wide,、mm. giant transparent cube. And the second Carl thinks this is his ship, like it just clicked in his head. Then telepathically, this creature is like, "Do you want to go for a ride?" <laughs> Did he ask to drive the spaceship for ten minutes because it was his birth ride? <laughs> So he's like, my name is also one, also one, also, also one, A U S S O, like also one, also one. My name's also one. Oh,、okay. go for a ride. Because it sounded like he was saying, my name is also one. Oh, maybe he was also one, like Obi Wan Kenobi. Ooh. Pretty much like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm also one. You want to come along for a ride? And before Carl realizes it, he's inside of the cube with. Also, one and also realizes that all the elk are in there as well, and then he realizes again. It's like he's coming to it slowly, very slowly, that he's actually strapped into this chair, and everyone's kind of like in a weird, paralyzed trance. Even these elk, they go for a ride. Carl finds himself on another planet, is it in front of this giant monolithic tower?、Mm. And that's exactly where the ship, his little cube, pulls up, like, and then he's just like staring straight up to it. And then he sees a bunch of humans outside that are talking normally. So he's like, "This shit's weird, right?" And then they're like, "Oh, you're 163,000 light miles from Earth."、Mm. So he's like, "Is this light years?" And they're like, "No." They tell him, "Passage of time is different." This also one guy takes him into the tower, up an elevator, into this room, and onto a platform in the middle of the room. And Carl feels like, of course, he's not walking; he's kind of just gliding there. And from the wall comes this clear glass-like shield, right in front of him. Scans him, scans him for like five minutes. Then after, he's told, "Take him back where you found him." Because he's not what we're looking for.、Ooh. They said him flat out. You don't suit our purpose. So before he knows it, he's back into the cube. He's dropped back off. His memory is pretty spotty. He's freaking out because he doesn't know like where the hell he is. He runs to his truck where there's a radio, and then he calls for help. Meanwhile, his wife Marjorie. She claims that around four o'clock ish, she got home, and they lived in Rawlings, which I guess is about forty miles, give or take, from. The Medicine Bow National Forest. She says that about four o'clock she comes home from work and she feels weird. She's concerned for Carl already and doesn't even know where it is that he went hunting. So she calls her friend, like, "Can you come help me find Carl?" And she's like, "Relax, girl. He's hunting for elk. It takes a while." But then she gets a call from someone that heard him on the radio, and they're like, "We think we heard Carl on the radio, and he's hurt and he needs help." So then her friend and her friend's husband take her to the national forest. They have like a search. Party to look for him. So the search party tells her, "You guys stay here at your truck. The woods are too dense. You guys stay up here on the top of the hill while we pretty much go get him." And they're waiting at the top of the hill for too long, and they start to doze off. And when her friend suddenly wakes up and is like, "Stop shaking the truck!" and they're like, "We're not shaking the truck. You're just falling asleep." And then they realize that they're seeing this bright ass object in the sky that is changing colors, like blue, white, red, all over the place. And But as soon as they're like, "What the hell is that?" Then they hear the call on the radio. We found Carl. Meet us around at a gate. The forest was too dense for them to go through. When they go to meet Carl, she runs up to him and his wife Marjorie. For some reason, she says the only thing she could think was, "Did you find any elk?" And then he like kind of snaps at her 
And he's like, they took my elk. They took all the elk. And he's like shivering, shivering. And they're like, we need to get him to a hospital. Cause then he's just delusional. He doesn't know what's going on. So they're like, okay, rush him to the hospital. He looks really messed up. On the way to the hospital, his coworker friend pulls over and is like, put him in my truck because obviously he's freaking out. Maybe it'll make him feel more comfortable. And as Carl gets out and is transitioning from this search party police officer truck into his friend's truck, he freaks the hell out, yelling like the lights, the lights, they burn. So his wife's like, turn off all the lights. And I guess the second everyone turned off the lights, Carl snaps out of it and walks into his friend's truck, closes the door. So they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, WTF. They take him to the hospital and Carl's still extremely out of it. And he's telling the doctor these crazy things. He doesn't even recognize his wife, who he's been married to for over a decade. He kept calling her pretty little thing. And he tells the doctor, they keep calling him Carl. I don't know who Carl is. So the doctor's like, we need to run some blood tests and make sure that he's not on some pretty good drugs right now. Yeah. They run all these tests on him. Doesn't have any drugs in his system. And oddly, his blood comes back as being super enriched with nutrients and vitamins. He used to have tuberculosis, so he had scars in his lungs, completely gone. And he Basically, the doctor was saying that he is in fabulous shape. His medical past history and stuff like that has basically been wiped. He's as good as new. Better than ever. I bet you it was the magic beans he ate. The pills, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, give me my pills back. Where are my pills? Yeah, and like, exactly. There's no pills in your pocket. Slowly over time, his memory starts to come back to him. And then all of these details start coming back. Then he also realizes that, I guess at one point when they dropped him back off, also ones like, give me my pills back. To a certain degree, they're calling it physical evidence because of marks that were left on his body, the medical records that came back, and what was left there at the Medicine Bow Park. A part of me wants to sci-fi this because the details are crazy. Super crazy. But how many times have we used the Mark Twain line, you know, fact or real life is so much better than, you know, the shit you make up. What is it? Fact is stranger than fiction? Yeah. Fact is stranger than fiction. Fiction. Yeah. That's true. It's just a creature. All the details of the creature sounded crazy and the four pills maybe I don't know maybe this is just what they give to people when they're going to take upon the ship Carl now has this realization that they're doing a breeding program and so that's why they took him that's why they took the elk that's why he was screened but the goods weren't good enough that was immediately what I thought when you said that they scanned him and he was like mm, this one's not no to our liking I mean it was like oh they're breeding people and he does not have the DNA that they want yeah. instantly so I'm half and half like my first response was to middle bitch this because of all the details as well mm-hmm. but I know it's been a very long time he was 41 years old at the time of course no reason to be making this shit up in Wyoming. Yeah. His wife goes along with, you know, like, her version of events. Like, she saw something, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, she they saw the weird object. She also claims that when they pull up to meet Carl, and, you know, she's, like, about to rush over, that everyone there thinks that the sun's coming up because there's this giant red, red orangish, yellowish ball in the sky. And at the time, they're like, oh, the sun's coming up, not realizing that it was way too early for the sun to be coming up. It was like right before midnight that they found him and then later everyone was like wait a second one the search party also claims to have seen the same weird object in the sky that was changing colors and two maybe that wasn't the sun because that would make no sense for the sun to be out at like 12 o'clock at night i'm gonna go ahead and fact this one yeah and here's specific reasons why i'm gonna fact it because he did not say that the aliens were from venus true okay (laughs) 
Because you know that this is a tall tale we sci-fi right. at, right? Right, right, right. He didn't ask to drive the spaceship, okay? To me, although some of it is outrageous, some of the little tall tale things that we mm-hmm. that we more sci-fi aren't there. So I'm True. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact it. I'm going to say I believe his weird, crazy story. I might have laughed at it as you were telling me and made a little bit of fun, but also I'm, I'm going to say that this actually fucking happened. I think it's just the description of the creature. If I would have just said, or if he would have just said... Like a gray or... There was a gray thing, we'd be like, okay, that's not too crazy. Yeah. It's just the detail of this creature. Like, why does it have no hand on one arm, a drilling device on the other, it's wearing a weird latexy S&M type body you know suit. What? On, on our planet, that might seem weird, but on their home planet, maybe that's what they all look like. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's how Maybe that's how they have to do things. Maybe they need a, ho- a, a nub arm and the drill for whatever weird shit's going on in their planet. Or maybe they just don't have hands and then they're able to hook on any device that they need for what they're doing. It also maybe sounded like they had a little bit of telepathy, so maybe they don't need hands because they just use their mind. Yeah, they're like, well, what do I need to do? Obviously, my mind drives the spaceship. I don't know. So I'm a fact at you. What about you? Honestly, because of his wife's account and the other search party and stuff, I'll fact it. Ooh, okay, I like it. If there wasn't any other... Because like I said, a lot of people, you know, the story gets more in depth. They're calling this like some type of physical evidence. I believe that if it was just a random person that wanted attention and is claiming these things, that's one thing. But for like even the medical records to be like, whoa, yeah, he's it all just good as sketchy. new. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, for sure. So Wyoming, you don't need it again. All right. Well, speaking of Wyoming still, I want to really talk about Warren Air Force Base and it. just the multitude of things that happen there. So for people who don't know... At Warren Air Force Base specifically, there is a missile launching site where the Minuteman missiles are. Weird shit has been happening there basically ever since the missiles fucking touched down. So I'm going to go a little bit in chronological order because I feel like that's the best way to deal with this situation. With most of these cases that we're looking at today, they're happening around the 1960s, which in general was a big UFO craze. Specifically, August 1st, 1965, at Warren Air Force Base and Cheyenne, which is right outside of Warren Air Force space. There was countless numbers of sightings that night from anywhere from just regular civilians to literally the military base operator who was calling J. Allen Hynek while it was going on, like, for the love of God, get down here, something's <laughs> happening. What I like about this originally, I will say, is that even Project Blue Book, there's a very large chapter that J. Allen Hynek wrote about this, and it was basically like, we have no fucking idea. Yeah. Which you know that I'm a big fan of, because if you know J. Allen Hynek, you know he either full-blown is like, it's a real thing, or you guys, you know what? We don't know on this one. And usually when it's we don't know, I'm like, yes, J. Allen Hynek. Yeah. There is some weird shit there. And that takes a lot for him, of all people, to admit that. The gist of it is, all these multiple sightings, people saw these white lights. Some people only saw one. Some people saw up to nine. Some people reported it as like a white ring in the sky. Mm-hmm. Some people reported it as kind of like they were eight UFOs that looked like leaves falling almost. But regardless, this entire night, just sightings everywhere from different military bases, from all all over, like I said, to the point they're calling Project Blue Book in, like, please come help us. And it didn't just happen that night. It was the entire month of August that these sightings went on for on and off between military bases and just, you know, the normal public who had seen things. So obviously we're on, we're in that age where, you know, 1960s missiles and things like that. It's hot. We're getting all this new nuclear technology and stuff like that. So that makes sense in my mind. Absolutely. Some aliens would sprinkle on down and be like, let's peep this shit. Like what's happening here? And which 
y'all doing over here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the sighting specifically and not the people's individual stories. It's just the fact that all of these, I mean, literally hundreds of people. I think at one point they said like 29 military officers were like on the record being like, this is what I saw kind of thing. Which again, it's a weird thing that we sit there and believe military people and not other people. But we live in a society where that happens. So for 29 military officers to be like, no, this is some UFO shit. Like you have to think of that in a little bit of a more serious way. I do. I definitely give credence to people that are in that type of situation to go on record. Absolutely. Well, Because you know how hard it is for them, especially maybe not so much now, but in the past, there's that stigma where, like, if you say something, you're fucked. Now, there also is instances that after this month happened and this event ha- happened, that there was these kind of, like, men and black people who went around saying, like, hush, stop hush, talking hush, about hush, it, hush. stop talking about it, even showing up on military bases. Like, you know, you think that's what you saw, but maybe you were sleepy <laughs> that night. Right. You know what I mean? Like, all these different things. So we have this one huge one. Then we have, you know, over a decade later, 2010, I don't know if you remember this story, the Air Force Base temporarily lost contact and ability to communicate with 50 of their Minutemen missiles. Mm-hmm. Now, the government came out and they were like, oh, it was only for like 45 minutes. And like, technically we have backup, so we weren't really not in communication with them. It wasn't that big of a deal. That's the end of the story. But then two missile techs came out and said that, oh, no, 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 no. First of all, that happened for several hours. Not only did it happen for several hours, but we couldn't even use our backup systems to do anything. Mm-hmm. We had absolutely no control over those missiles. And here's where it gets juicy. While this is going on, they reported seeing a large cigar-shaped UFO hovering over the missile field. It's totally freaky. Also, because each one of these missiles are completely solitary from each other, if that makes any sense. It's not like if one goes down, they all go down. They're completely isolated. What they refer to as the ICBMs, the intercontinental ballistic missiles. They're loaded with bombs. They're each 50 times stronger than the bomb that we dropped on Hiroshima. So you're talking like 50 times more destructive than what we did to Hiroshima, just completely offline that no one has any control over. And a weird UFO hovering over them, checking them out. And I would love for us to get into, I actually have that on my list of like all, you know, random episodes to do in the future of different Air Force bases where instances have happened just like this, where there's been a UFO sighting and missiles have gone offline. Now, why would that happen? Well, yeah, and I was literally waiting for you to pause so I could say the same thing. This is not the only missile launch site, testing site, whatever, that has had something like this happen to them before. There's literally books written about the different weird UFO sightings that happen around these big giant missiles and bombs and things like that. It just makes very clear sense to me why we would have UFOs hovering over missile sites and taking them offline. Sounds like they want world peace. Absolutely. Two reasons. One, it could be like, you ain't shit. I could take your missiles offline, all your missiles offline all at once. And you have no idea how I'm doing that. And you don't really know how to fix it. And also get rid of the nukes. It's just very clear to me that it's just the sign. Like, don't bother with the nukes. I mean, I think I've noticed in our research over the the decades now that we've been doing this, um, feels like lifetimes. Usually that's kind of like a consensus that we have that maybe aliens aren't a big fan of like bombs and missiles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, did you hear about this guy? His name was Nicholas Harris, who was jailed for 12 months, who was an airman at the Francis E. Warren Air Force Base. 
He was jailed because he admitted that between 2015 and 2016, he would take LSD in between his shifts and he would also give them to his other fellow airmen. Mm. He was caught admitting it on Snapchat Mm. and then was full force like, yeah. I did it. I did it for over a year. He said that he would use and distribute the LSD to other airmen and that he would even write instructions for people that were doing it for the first time. Like he would tell them specifically like take Sunny D. It enhances it, right? I'm just like, are you serious at the same Air Force Base? Like, this is just wacky. Like, what? Everyone's just tripping out on LSD over there. And this think, is obviously very recent. I mean, 2015 you, to 2016. Do you think that maybe it's because they see aliens all day long and then they're like, they're like, well, <laughs> fuck it. Like, I already see weird shit. Let's make it weirder. Maybe. That would be hilarious. Because I, I could see that. I just came across that and thought, what the hell? All right. Well, speak guys. Speaking of some weird Wyoming things, let me give you a few Wyoming weird things before we go on to the next case. Did you know that the Rockefellers have their mansion there? That's like Illuminati shit. Like, you know that Wyoming's a hot spot if the fucking Rockefellers have a mansion there. Yep, just like Kanye West. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Did you also know that this is where jackalopes were invented? No. Yeah. John Coulter invented jackalopes here. There's like a whole like myth and story to it. Obviously, he thinks jackalopes are real. But like, this is another weird mythical thing that's coming from this Wyoming you know, creepy area. All right. And then one of my favorite things about Wyoming is, did you know that they have an intergalactic spaceport called the Greater Green River Intergalactic Spaceport? (laughs) So get this. It's 400 acres. The runway is 5,800 feet long by 130 feet wide. And it was dubbed this airport July 5th, 1994, specifically because if you guys don't know, during this time, there was a comet broke up and crashed into Jupiter. And so the people of Green River were like, hey, Jupiter aliens, in case you guys want to leave your planet because asteroids and meteors are raining down upon you, we've built you this space hub so you may land your spaceships. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's never really been used before. It's like dirt gravel. No one maintains it or goes up there or anything, but it's there just in case they want to show up. Did we even send that message out to space? How did we all assume that the people of Jupiter would get it? Like, did we drop them a pin? Maybe. (laughs) Okay, so this is my last case before Bree's last one. So we have, again in Cheyenne, which is by this Air Force Base, 1976, retired Minuteman missile launch tech, Bruce, and I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to for sure fucking spell it. Friendster Macher. Uh, you want to stare at this it? This sounds German, Russian, something. Friendster Macher. Sure, that's his last name, Brie. Whatever you say. <laughs> Saw a 60-foot bright cigar-shaped craft flashing red and blue lights. And here's where it gets iffy. He immediately called, like, his homies, because he's obviously, you know, <laughs> ex-military. He's calling police. He's calling military. Military and police officers are, like, driving to the location, because they're like, I gotta see this fucking shit. And you want to know what they report? Their car is not working. Um, the way over there? Specifically, the closer and closer they got to the site, the more and more their car would not work. Sketchy. So some people actually did make it there, and literally as police showed up on on the scene, this UFO that's in the middle of the road blinks and disappears. Whoa. Wait, two seconds later, reappears in a different spot. Multiple witnesses see it. How far away was the second spot? You know what? Luckily, they did not give me numbers, and I was glad about that. Oh, wow. I know. This went on for two hours. Two hours. It's like blinking in and out. Yes. For two hours and showing up in other places. And they said that when the thing finally disappeared two hours later, when it blinked out, it left behind a bright white speck just like in the air. A mini black hole? 
a little bit. And like I said, a little bit. Multiple <laughs> witnesses see this. I mean, military and police officers were on and attempted to get to the scene, but couldn't because the closer they got, their car Carbon stopped working. Which reminds me of a few other cases we've been looking into where you're talking about those eggs in the middle of the road and the car stopped working. This one wasn't an egg, but it also did a little bit of the blinking in and out things because those eggs moved to different locations and things like that. So I want to throw this in because, again, we have another phenomenon where something is up above or, on, you know, in front of you and it's fucking with the electronics. Like, oh, no, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> I think in. that's so cool. I love the blinking in and out part. I really, really wish that that happened to us. Me too. But... Also, maybe I'd not. I would run to the other location. I'd <laughs> yeah. like, forget the car. Like, let's we'll go. Yeah. Why we should buy scooters and just keep them in our trunks. Ooh, like razors? Yeah, like yeah. our car stopped working. <gasps> so we jump on our... Ooh. Ooh. Well, what if we hurt a leg? Hoverboards? <laughs> no, we're really going to hurt something <laughs> right? on one of those. But Segways? I mean, maybe a bike. We should invest in something like that to keep in our trunk in case we're rolling up on some UFO and it wants to be like, skirt, you ain't skirt. going nowhere. I'll be like, psych, I came prepared. I know exactly where you are. No, you just, have to, wheels. you just have to yell. It's my birthright to drive you, <laughs> so stop and let me on. And then what if that was, I was like, it's like, all right, fuck, fine. <laughs> you know? A door, a magic like, door opens. Like, yeah, some weird little green guy's like, God fucking damn it, let's go, let's get this over with. Oh my God. <gasps> all right, I'm going to fact this one. I fact it too. Because I, I, I feel like I was there. I can't. You have too many police and military and, like, all this? No, no, Game no. over. Game over. I'm in. 100% fact. I'm totally into. I found something that I thought was very interesting, and it is about a half mile away from Cheyenne. So Cheyenne's just popping up just everywhere. It's fucking popping, man. That's, we need to go. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So there is this homemade detecting device, a listening device. It's Ooh. listening for interstellar travelers. Oh. It is called the Granite Earth Station. Mm. It was built by a gentleman named Dan Lil, who is a doctor in metaphysics. He built this contraption-like thing because he pretty much has the intent to communicate with UFOs in a peaceful way. Mm. He believes that he built the device to detect static energy, static electricity. And so when UFOs are flying overhead, this thing detects it. It, it makes a ticking sound like a tick, tick. Now, I think it's more than detecting static electricity because he says that he's not going to share all of the juicy information mm. and all of his scientific findings and theories because well, he doesn't trust the government. I was like, statistically, the government's going to steal it. So, like, I kind of get what you're saying. Yes, exactly. So, he's saying he's not going to share it because he doesn't trust the government. But I don't think it would be that hard to find out because the device is basically outside of his house. Mm. It looks like some type of antenna that's like a telephone pole, electricity pole, whatever you call that, maybe like with some satellite shit going on. If I didn't know any better and I drove by, I would probably think it was for one of those reasons. But now that I know what it looks like, I'm like, I want to go check that thing out for sure. Because he claims that he has detected over 300 otherworldly travelers. So UFOs, ETs, aliens, whatever. And he claims to have communicated with them and to have some pictures of some of them that stopped by as well. Wow. So I kind of want, I think what we're all saying here is that we need to go to Wyoming, I think, at this point. <laughs> There's just too much. We need to go check it out for ourselves. Like, we thought, like, oh, Sedona. 
oh, no, you know, these, still number one. No, no, but I'm saying, but like all these places we want to go to, we never thought Wyoming would have been one of them. This is why somebody needs TV producers need to fund our TV show where we go state to state investigating weird UFO cases. Absolutely. Like, I'm, come on, guys. There has to be someone out there with a few million dollars to throw around who is like, hey, listen, you ladies are great. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. There's lots of stuff even to this day. People are always posting stuff on YouTube about stuff that they're seeing in the skies. I think just this July, May or July, there was a ton of videos that flooded uh, YouTube about like a UFO fleet that flew overhead where people were seeing like tons of UFOs in the sky that looked like little orb things. I think it's just a, it's a hot spot. But again, I think because of the native tribe background. I, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. It's the only thing I can think of. All right, well, that's gonna wrap up our Wyoming episode, guys. So this is kicking off our October episode and yes, happy October. Happy October. Happy fall, everyone. Halloween, as you know, is our favorite time of year. I kind of have like a few ideas for what I want to do in October. This was one of them because, you know, there were some of these cases happened in October, like the the Warren Air Force Base was October. The first story I told was October, like very October-y. Yeah, I had October too. Yeah, so October seems to be a hot spot just kind of everywhere in the world almost. It's like the portals are opening up. It is. I'm going to suggest something to you, Brie, on air that we have not talked about. But I would like this month to do one non-alien episode, (sighs) but a paranormal episode for Halloween. Just one? Oh, so I'm asking. Oh, no, I'm not suggesting. (laughs) I did not suggest. I thought you were opening up. I thought you were opening it up to more. That's why just one. We did that last year. Yeah. So I thought this year in tradition, we might let's pick one. I have no idea what it's going to be about yet, but maybe you can get some ideas and we'll do something. Anything paranormal. It could be like ghost. Yeah. Creature. Yeah. Ooh, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. But when? For Halloween. For Halloween. Yeah. 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 For like our end of the month episode, we'll end it. End Halloween with something a little bit more paranormal. That although, good. although I feel like we can always bring it back to aliens, even if we're not trying. Oh, it's you know so what I mean? easy. You know what I mean? It's so easy. Yeah. Why don't you guys also hit us up and let us know if there's anything in particular that you guys want us to investigate or talk about? We actually have a few episode suggestions that I'm going to talk to you about off air because I don't remember them all right now. But we actually do have some people who have been sending us Facebooks and emails. The one that we've gotten the most that people want is people want an Arizona episode. Oh, well, I, you see, it's funny because I feel like we have talked. Arizona, of course, is like booming. But yeah. I also feel like some of the things that we would say we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. So maybe we will we have to, that's mention th- it and then not go into detail. So, yeah, that's the thing that's what's hard about an Arizona episode because it's like we've talked about a lot of things in, in Arizona, Arizona. So we would have to find something that we haven't already talked about, which is going to take us a little bit more digging. Although it won't be hard. Let's be realistic. We could find some weird shit about Arizona that we haven't talked about. But I know specifically Bradley, who lives there, he was like, please do an Arizona episode. I'll give you whatever information you want to know. Oh, send like, it. That's what I, and that's what I told myself. Oh, please send it to us. Let us know what's going on here. So definitely an Arizona episode. Like I said, we have, I have a few suggestions that I'll be sending to you of some things that people, someone specifically was like, other podcasts have covered this, but they clearly don't do a good job as you guys. That's Thank literally what you. somebody said to us. How about like Montana? Uh, Montana, I'm down. I'm in Colorado only because it butts up to Wyoming. Yeah. That whole like four corners mm-hmm. area, I think it's pretty specific. Spooky, mm-hmm. so we could also do Utah because Utah has Ooh, Utah. Zion and it has Monument Valley and all that stuff. We could talk about the Mormons and all sorts of things. Uh, it always comes back to aliens. It always comes back to aliens. <laughs> all right, Brie, enough of this tomfoolery. It's time for some shout outs. Anthony. Adam. Brandy. Daniel. Destiny. Dylan. J Plus. Matt. Bobby. Rod. 
Scotty, Simon, Spacey D, Vanessa, AP, Yawn. And if you want to be a part of our Patreon, please check it out. Patreon.com backslash that one time I was abducted by aliens. Just for like a dollar a month, you guys, you can get access to all sorts of cool stuff that we don't release to everyone, just our super secret Patreons. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. We really do appreciate it. We seem to have been getting a few new Patreons here and there sprinkled in every few weeks. So it's pretty exciting. Keep it coming. We enjoy it. It helps pay for this wonderful podcast that you guys so greatly enjoy. The more money we get, the more time we can dedicate to you guys. Thank you guys so much. We love you. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can find us at Instagram. At that one time I was abducted. Facebook backslash that one time I was abducted by aliens. We're also on Twitter at that one time with the number one. And all other social media platforms. That we probably don't pay enough attention to and we apologize. The best way to get in contact with us is to shoot us an email. At that one time I was abducted at gmail.com. Or shoot us a DM on our Instagram. If you guys want to share your stories with us, you guys can hit us up on our hotline. Our hotline phone number is... 408-320-8184. Drop us a line. Tell us a story, something weird that happened that one time. Or maybe you just want to tell us how cool we are to you guys. We like it all. Send it in. Make sure you guys pay attention if we have another live call-in show again. That's the number that you guys would be calling into. All right, guys. We love you. We have lots of stuff planned. Bear with us. It might sometimes take us a little bit longer to get episodes out. We have some broken bones and things like that right now, but we won't get into it. Uh, We wish you guys love and light and have a fantastic fall season and um thank you guys all so much we love you dearly and fuck you mountain view california and bobby from texas who is from not for everyone podcast stay blessed kind of Did you bring your poltergeist over here? Possibly. Oh my god, keep it away. I was I was listening <laughs> no to No more ghost playing. I was listening to some ghost stories on the way here, so they oh, might have followed me. You got a hitchhiker. I did. That's fine. I like them. I, I I bring them all in. I love I love everyone equally, even ghosts. The more the merrier.